You are listening to a podcast of Risen Savior Lutheran Church in Chula Vista, California. Growing in faith, living in hope, serving in love, all to the glory of God. Grace and peace to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today's sermon lesson is based upon the Old Testament reading for this week recorded in Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 17. And God spoke all these words, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor any animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother so that it may live long that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. This is the word of God. If we step aside from what we just read there for one second and remember the gospel lesson for today, we were reminded of the the day Jesus went into the temple and cleared it out. Partially because the temple had become more of a marketplace than a place of worship. In it, the people were participating in thievery And filled with greed rather than repenting of it. And so Jesus drove them out of the temple. Makes me wonder what Jesus would drive out of here if he walked in here today. Can you think of anything? Because overall it looks like things are in pretty good order here. At least more orderly than things were in the day Jesus walked to the temple. Can, can you think of, of anything Jesus would drive out of here if he walked in today? It might be hard to come up with an answer if we think in terms of the temple only being this room or, or this building. But God's word teaches us that each of us as believers is a temple. You yourselves are God's temple and God's spirit lives in you. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16. 
for we are the temple of the living God. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 16. So considering that, I'll ask the question again. If Jesus walked in here, what could he drive out of the temple of our hearts and lives? This particular reading from Exodus 20 helps us find the answers. And in some ways, we are better off answering that question today for ourselves rather than collectively as a group. And here's why. When the Lord spoke these words, when he gave these laws, he was speaking to them not so much as a nation as a whole, but as individuals. When he said, you shall not, he was using you as a singular word. Each individual Israelite was responsible for his or her own obedience or disobedience to God's law. Each individual here is responsible for his or her own obedience or disobedience to God's law too. God really wasn't speaking to them as a nation, but but as individuals. So you have to ask the question again, what could Jesus drive out of here if he walked in here today? And because that's a question we all have to answer for ourselves individually, that's exactly what I had to do for myself this week in preparing this sermon. I could not ask all of you to search your hearts and lives before I did my own. And so let me share with you what I was forced to conclude this week. As it turns out, there are lots of things Jesus could drive out of the temple of my heart. Where do I even start? In my heart and life, I have not kept this day holy as he wants. I can even trace it so far back to when I was a young child went to church, and then came home, and then mom or dad asked me, so Paul, what was the sermon about? I had no idea. I had no idea because my mind wasn't on the sermon. My mind was on a million other things, what I was going to do after church, who I was going to play with, what game I was going to watch, to name just a few. What was the sermon about? I had no idea especially embarrassing because it was my dad preaching that sermon. (laughs) But even more embarrassing because I was tuning out God's holy word. So despisal of of God's word, that, that is one thing of many that Jesus could drive out of the temple of my heart. In my heart and life, I have not kept his day holy. Have you? In my heart and life, I have not loved my parents or honored others in authority the way God wants of me either. As I thought about this one this week, there were so many memories that flooded my mind of times I was disrespectful to my parents, to my teachers, to my bosses, you name it. Disrespect is another thing Jesus could drive out of the temple of my heart. In my heart and life, I have not loved my parents. I have not honored those in authority the way God wants. Have you? And there's more. You shall not commit adultery. God's word tells us that adultery is not only the act of having a physical relationship with someone other than your spouse. 
Adultery is not just an impure act. Adultery is an impure thought. Recently, I read a survey that concluded 60% of Christians, both men and women, purposefully search out inappropriate images on the web every week. Gets personal in here today. As it turns out, in our hearts and minds, there are a lot of things Jesus could drive out of the temple of our hearts. What else does God's word expose today? You shall not steal. In my heart and life, I must confess, I have stolen from others. Just last week, there was a chocolate candy bar on our counter that was clearly marked with the name Rachel from Grandpa and Grandma. At least 12 times I glanced at it before I finally gave in and took some without asking. It wasn't mine, but I took it. And we must also realize in regards to stealing, stealing isn't just taking something from someone, it's also not giving to them what is rightfully theirs. Such things that would fall into that category would be not giving God our time and our offerings. Or as we are getting closer to April 15th, not giving our taxes to the United States Treasury. It's just another thing Jesus could drive out of the temple of my heart, in my heart and life, I have not followed these words of God to not steal. Have you? Still, there's more. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. It is of great shame to me how often I have used my words to tear people down rather than to build them up. James 3, verse 8, tells us the very cold truth. No one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. And it isn't just tearing people down that is wrong. It's also falsely building them up. Flattering them to such a point that they believe something about themselves that isn't even true. And then there's gossip. Sounds like such an innocent thing. If anything, worst case scenario, it's just a small sin. But there is no such thing as that. It's just another thing Jesus could drive out of the temple of my heart. As I have used my tongue, I've used my words to give false testimony in so many different ways. Have you? You shall not covet I think about this when I am so absolutely and abundantly blessed by my gracious God and I have so much and yet do you know how many times in my mind I have thought if I had just a little bit more, if I had just a little bit more of what they have. Covetousness is another thing Jesus could drive out of this heart. In my heart and life, I have coveted countless times. Have you? Have you been keeping track? Have I covered them all? If you've been keeping track, I've missed at least a couple. The first couple, about not having any other gods, about not misusing the name of the Lord. And here's where it gets extremely personal because now we're not just talking about our dealings with our neighbor or our friends or our co-workers or people in general. What about God? What about our relationship with God? 
Have I ever actually bowed down to a God other than the one true God? I cannot hide it. I have. And the other God, the false God that I often bow down to is this God called the unholy trinity of me, myself, and I. God will not allow his allegiance to be given to anyone else ever. And so I must conclude that I have bowed down to other gods. Have you? So what we have before us today is just another one of those difficult lessons of Lent. There is no room for sin. And yet we have a room full of hearts and lives that are full of sin. So now what are we to do? I suppose I could encourage us today to view today as as a start over, a do-over, a fresh start. But you see the problem in that, don't you? It doesn't take away the crookedness of our past sins. And I use the word crooked, making the connection to the illustration I used with the children, the, the crooked coat hanger. You just can't straighten that out on your own, can you? No one can. And so it is with our lives. We cannot straighten them out. That's the difficult lesson of, of Lent. There's no room for sin, and yet we have hearts and lives full of it. What are we to do, the crooked coat hangers that we are? I suppose we could just conclude that God is unfair for giving us these laws, but that's not the case either. Maybe overlooked in this entire lesson is the opening words of God to the people of Israel. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. So we can conclude that God did not give these laws as a way for them to earn their favor with God or to save themselves. God had already saved them. God had already set them free. I am the Lord your God. Those words supply the proof that God is not just some sort of harsh dictator. I am the Lord your God. Remember what I mentioned about The laws God gave, how it's given to each individual, you shall not, and you shall not, and you shall not, and you shall not. The words God speaks here, too, are very, very personal and individual. It's not just speaking to us as a whole. It's speaking to each one of us as individuals. I am the Lord, your God, and your God, and your God. Not just speaking to a group here today, but to individuals. I am the Lord, your God. And God uses those words to impress upon each one of you that he loves you. That he has created you. That he is your redeemer. That he is your savior. God mentions the fact that he had saved Israel from slavery in Egypt. He has saved us from much more. The Apostle Paul answers a question for us that we have to ask ourselves when we compare ourselves to God's law. He asks, who will rescue me from this body of death? And the answer, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 7.25 
And in his letter to the Galatians, he opens with this greeting, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us. Galatians 1 verse 3. And later in the same letter, we are told, You are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. Galatians 4 verse 7. The difficult lesson of Lent is this, is that there's no room for us to sin ever. The beautiful lesson of Lent and Holy Week and Easter is this. As far as God is concerned, there is no sin in us. Jesus has washed that sin away with his holy, precious blood. As far as God is concerned, there is no sin in us. Jesus, the Lamb of God, has taken it away. There is no sin in us. God has forgiven us and remembers our sins no more. God has set us free from sin. God has set us free to serve him. And so here again, these beautiful words, the most beautiful words that we hear today and will hear into all eternity and treasure them. I am the Lord, your God. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Risen Savior podcast. For more information about our church, check us out online at risensavior.us.